The podcast in which you are about to listen to is an account of the abuse of a well-known franchise by a studio, a tragedy unleashed on the unsuspecting movie-going public. It's all the more tragic as the franchise deserves better than the products that have been delivered over a nearly 50-year time frame. This is a franchise that has had a very, very long life. The horror fans could not have expected nor wished for the subpar follow-ups to a beloved classic. For them, what should have been fun movies led to many baffled at how hard it is to make a sequel when it seems that it should be easy. The events of this latest film lead us to another disappointing sequel with the 2022 David Blue Garcia directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right. Well, how was that for an intro? As you know, this is the Adam Analyzes podcast. My name is Adam, and I'll be your host. Since I just announced the movie, we should get into the episode. The 2022 edition of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or as this film is called, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's a film that continues the long line of sequels to forget what you knew about the past. Forget all those other sequels. This one right here is the true sequel. The big problem with that is that they already did this type of gimmick back in 2013 with the film known as Texas Chainsaw, or as it was titled when I saw it in theaters, Texas Chainsaw 3D. That was a film that I personally did not like. I thought it was terrible. Us fans of the original, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, have never really received a sequel that lived up to the original film. Toby Hooper couldn't even do that with his own The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Instead of keeping the original's gritty feel, Toby Hooper delivered a very slick and comedic take on The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's not a bad movie, exactly. However, compared to the original, it's not very good. It is a fun film if you watch it with the right mindset, but if you think of it as an actual true sequel to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, then it's ultimately disappointing. We also got Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, which featured a Leatherface that obviously has been eating good over the last couple years. That is a film that suffered from New Line Cinema acquiring the rights, figuring that they could sequelize this series. It also suffered from MPAA edits, well, suggestions for edits, that ultimately gave us a very disappointing film. They did go and release an unrated version on DVD and I think Blu-ray later. The unrated version of Leatherface the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 is a better film. However, it's not really a good movie. We do have to acknowledge that that one does have a pretty good performance from actor Ken Foree, who of course was most famous for being in 1978's George A. Romero classic, Dawn of the Dead. In addition to a good performance from Ken Foree, we have an over-the-top Viggo Mortensen who would go on to bigger and better things, such as a little franchise I'm sure you have heard of, The Lord of the Rings. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4 wound up being a reboot of sorts directed by Texas Chainsaw Massacre producer Kim Hinkle. 
It was later titled Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation, which featured relatively unknown actors at the time, Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger was embarrassed for being in the film and proceeded to try to file a lawsuit to stop it from being released. I believe Matthew McConaughey was actually proud of the film. You know what? He should be proud of that movie. He's one of the reasons to watch it. You've never seen him be this unhinged in a film. It's almost when Nicolas Cage goes over the top. It's super enjoyable. That is the kind of performance that he delivers here. It was never meant to be an Oscar-winning film. It's not a great movie. It's honestly a pretty bad film. It almost reminds me as if Troma decided to produce a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. We get a full-blown in-drag Leatherface as well, so there's that. It's only something that was hinted at in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, as well as one of the analysis that stated the original film was a breakdown of the American family with Leatherface being an abused housewife. I think there's something to doing a literal interpretation of one of the potential themes of the original film. It doesn't exactly work. Sure, it's fun and a bizarre what-the-hell-is-going-on type of idea, but just to turn it into something like they did, I don't know if it works. As I stated, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation... Whatever you want to call it, it's not a good movie, but it does have its fans simply because it's ridiculous. We also got two Platinum Dunes Michael Bay produced remakes that were actually not half bad. You had The Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Beginning. Both of those films wound up being better than any of the sequels. Of course, that's all a matter of opinion. I think they're better than the sequels up until that point. The worst part about them is that they're overproduced. It would have been nice to have a grittier look to the entire production. Instead, it looks very slick. It looks like those modern remakes that everybody likes to hate. But if you can look past that, then you can see that they're actually pretty decent films that really want to honor what Toby Hooper was doing in the original film. Platinum Dunes with a series of remakes that people didn't really care for too much, such as A Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, which that one wound up being kind of a secret sequel to the original series. It doesn't 100% work as a sequel, but I consider it a sequel. And there was also the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot that Platinum Dunes produced. I personally enjoyed those Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboots, but a lot of people did not. But I'm getting off course. That brings us to the one that I was stating, the film titled Texas Chainsaw. It decided to go back to the beginning. The filmmakers wanted you to forget about all those sequels and remakes and, hey, we're making a honest-to-God true sequel here to the original film. The big problem for me with that one is that... I didn't think a certain character had the correct motivation to all of a sudden take the side of her family when she finds out that she is the long-lost relative to Leatherface. They try to make you almost sympathize with the Sawyer family in that they were wronged. I understand that, but the problem with it is, if we're taking into account all the people that Leatherface and his family killed, I don't know how that's exactly justifiable. 
It's not a good movie in my opinion. It does start off pretty well. It's impressive that it takes place at the start of the film, immediately after the events of the first film. I think that was actually pretty cool. The overall movie, I don't like. It marks one of the worst films that I've seen in theaters. I know that, again, this one does have its fans. I just am not one of them. Even though I did see some of the arguments that the 2013 Texas Chainsaw is better than this 2022 edition Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I do honestly understand where people are coming from, I personally think both films aren't that great, and at least the 2022 edition I was able to have a little bit of fun with, but if you think about it too much, there's plot holes all over the place. Before we actually get into the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, I do have to mention that there was also the film called Leatherface, not to be confused with Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3. Leatherface is the one that I did not see. I heard that it was awful. I really didn't care to watch it, especially since it was supposed to go theatrical, but instead went to be an exclusive free pay-per-view for DirecTV customers with a DVD and Blu-ray release a little later. That one was a prequel of a almost choose-your-own-adventure which will leave you guessing which child in the film turns out to be Leatherface. It didn't interest me too much. Maybe I'll see it someday. I don't know. I just have little to no interest in it, even though I have seen all of the other entries in the series, if you want to call it that. The actual continuity in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is pretty poor. So I think it was important to actually go through the series and how we got up to this point. With the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre film that drops the word the from the title, we get a movie that is structured like Halloween 2018. I don't know what else to call the Halloween sequel that we received in 2018 because, you know, it has the same title as the original film. Thankfully, the producers of this new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie dropped the word the from it so that we know it's a different movie. Do I sound annoyed? It's because I am. Not being able to title a movie a different title just screams laziness to me. But anyway, this new Texas Chainsaw Massacre film takes place in modern day. This is also a sequel. As I stated earlier, you're supposed to forget all of the other entries in the series and this is the one true sequel. So, second time should be the charm, right? Well, not exactly. It features a story about online influencers that are going to a small Texas town because, hey, they bought it with donations to turn it into a nice, inclusive place to live for everybody. They want to clean up this town, in which I'm assuming the hopes to change things in America. It sure is a stretch, but hey, I guess their hearts are in the right place. There is one resident there in the town that does not want to leave. She said that she actually owns her home, even though the influencers, they are the proper owners of this lady's residence. We soon find out that Leatherface took refuge with this lady, and she's been caring for him ever since. I'm guessing his people-killing, people-eating ways have gone away, and, well, he's just misunderstood. But his surrogate mother later dies on the way to the hospital. And Leatherface, in a true Michael Corleone fashion, 
I thought I was out, but they pulled me back in moment. Proceeds to cut off the face of his dead mother, wear it, to deliver justice in the only way he knows how to, with a chainsaw. I believe we're supposed to assume that this chainsaw has not been used since the 70s because Leatherface had it buried in the wall of this orphanage. We also get the other subplot of the film, and that's where the comparisons to Halloween 2018 really come into play. Sally Hardesty is back. The lone survivor of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre film has been waiting all this time for Leatherface to resurface. She never knew who it was because, as the movie puts it, He was wearing a mask. With finding out Leatherface's back, Sally Hardesty wants to get revenge for the deaths of all of her friends almost 50 years ago. The worst part about this whole subplot is that it feels very unimportant. It's nice to see that they're bringing back an original character, but the original character is played by a different actress. Sadly, the original actress that played Sally Hardesty, Marilyn Burns, passed away. So actress Olin Fierre who you may know from the film Mandy, took over the role here. She's actually not bad. She's very good in the little bit of screen time that she has. The character of Sally Hardesty definitely gets her Laurie Strode and Evil Dies Tonight moment in the film. It just can't help but feel tacked on and that it wasn't originally part of the movie. As well as knowing it's a different actress, it just takes us out of it. There is a couple good moments with her and Leatherface, such as where she's saying, do you remember me and remember my friends? Leatherface proceeds to simply walk away. It's actually a good scene. But no, he doesn't remember them. He doesn't care either. That is also a scene where she could have ended it all. She had her shotgun ready to go. She could have simply killed Leatherface, but just lets him go in the pure shock of him not remembering. The actual showdown between Sally Hardesty and Leatherface also feels shortchanged. It's lame. I really wanted to see her win. I guess that's the director's intent that Leatherface is definitely stronger and, you know, sequels. If this one should get a sequel. So about these influencers who want to make a difference and rebuild this town. There is an element of gentrification taking place here. But even that element feels extremely short-changed. It doesn't really feel important to the overall story. It only feels like a point to bring them to this town so that they can go and get killed. There's also a scene where they bring a busload of investors there. Again, they were brought there simply just so they could be killed. It all feels too convenient as far as a script and story. When Leatherface makes short work of all these investors on the bus... It's a pretty gruesome scene. It's a very gory scene. It's probably one of the highlights of any of the scenes with Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. It's just a shame that it's not in a better movie. I'm not exactly a gore hound personally. I don't mind gore in a horror film. Of course, that's one of the draws to horror films in general, I guess. It's just nice to see Leatherface be the badass we know he can be. It's a very defining moment for Leatherface, in my opinion, because we haven't seen him really be this brutal, with the exception of the Michael Bay Platinum Dune remakes, which, of course, wouldn't even be a part of this series. Everything in this film, as far as the themes that they wanted to include, seem shortchanged, because in this 
Leatherface slaughtering the people on the bus, the investors, they go and they whip out their cell phones right away and say, hey, bro, prepare to be canceled. So the movie's trying to make a statement on cancel culture. I get that. It just doesn't exactly work other than being one of those smart alecky quips that people go and throw into a film. We also have that theme of gentrification. Again, it feels short-changed. It feels too convenient. It's never fully fleshed out. It's just kind of there. It's not like the new Candyman film where it actually had a place in the plot. Regardless of how you feel about the new Candyman film, it actually worked with the story, even if it's a little too on the nose. I don't think it exactly works if you're going to include it in a story where it appears to be largely a ghost town. It appeared to actually just affect one character in the film. And speaking of that orphanage, why in the world does it resemble the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre house? I was thinking originally, hey, this is supposed to be the same house and they built a town around it and that town within 50 years went and grew and proceeded to die? It made no sense. But no, it's a different house that just so happens to resemble the original house. Maybe Leatherface is a closet handyman, and we never knew he had those kinds of talents to make a house look exactly like the house he grew up in. As far as themes, I don't exactly know where the movie's going. As I said, the gentrification, you also have those ideas of the social justice warriors wanting to do good in the world, and the movie, I guess, trying to make a statement that the world doesn't necessarily want to be changed which, in a way, is kind of a sad message. I don't know if this is the actual intent of the filmmakers or if this is just what came across with the cut that was delivered. That's right, this film was a movie that was supposed to go theatrical, but instead got sold off to Netflix because they were worried they weren't going to make any money. They knew it was a bomb. They didn't know how to save this movie because it was actually test screened, and all of the test screenings were, from what I hear, disastrous. It's never a good look when early in filming, the directors that were originally a part of it were fired from the project, or as the official press release said, they left because of creative differences. Texas Chainsaw Massacre probably should have been scrapped and went back to the drawing board to figure out what they could do to actually deliver a sequel that fans would actually flock to. The big problem with that is, from what I heard, they did that, and it still wound up being a bad film. Even though this is a bad film, that doesn't mean that it can't be fun. It's not exactly a movie that I really intend to watch again. I saw it once and that's about good enough for me, which is kind of par for the course with all the other Texas Chainsaw Massacre films out there. I do actually have to talk about the ending, though. The ending, I guess, is okay. It does have the jump scare moment. It sets it up perfectly for a sequel. But it also makes me wonder about a certain character in the movie. And I'm talking about the character of Lila. We get to see some of her flashback scenes that she is the survivor of a school shooting. She seems to have an aversion to guns, which is perfectly natural. However, they do make it a point to show that at the end of the movie, she actually has to use a gun. So I guess it's her getting over her fear. But I'm just wondering, where does this actually fit into everything? It doesn't quite make sense. 
it's another moment where it seems like the writers, directors, producers, whoever, it feels like they massively shortchanged and it's never a clear message of what they're actually trying to say. It definitely feels like the more that you try to figure this movie out, the more you think about it, the more all of the cracks start showing at the seams. It ultimately feels pasted together, and I think that's kind of what they did. There's even the question of how in the world does Leatherface's skin mask actually stick to his face? Maybe because it's bloody, but as it dries out, I would think it would fall off. But no, it stays on his face the entire time, so... I guess he has the magic touch there. The actual stinger at the end credits shows Leatherface returning home. No, that's not a huge spoiler, but it does set up an interesting sequel should they go to make a sequel. Considering this film actually had a pretty high viewership on Netflix, I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix would commission a lower budget sequel. Who knows? The actual film probably would have been more interesting had it actually taken place more at... Leatherface's home on the farm. With the way that that stinger scene plays out, I can't help but think of the Elton John song Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Maybe they should have played that over it. It might have made the scene funny anyway, since Leatherface was returning to the life that he knew. All in all, with the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I am a fan of that film. I think it's one of the greatest horror films of all time. The gritty nature of the original film definitely works in its favor. It makes us very uncomfortable. It's not necessarily scary, but it's a very uncomfortable movie. It just makes me wonder how it could never have a decent sequel. I don't know how hard it is to make or write an actual sequel to the original film. It seems virtually impossible. You would think it would be an easy task. Why did we get all of these sequels that were bad and terrible? It really doesn't make sense to me. I actually saw the original at a very young age. I have seen it so many times throughout the years that if I never watch it again, I'm probably good. But that doesn't change my love for the original film. It's just that I've seen it a lot. I actually watched the original in prep for the new one, and I was surprised at how I pretty much know the film beat by beat. Maybe that ruined my enjoyment of the new movie. I actually had fun with this 2022 Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, but I enjoyed it because I simply shut my brain off. The more I thought about the movie, the more a lot of things didn't add up. It is a film that is enjoyable, but in order to actually enjoy it, you have to virtually forget everything you knew about the original film, which kind of ruins its place of being a sequel to the original movie. There is a couple bright spots in the movie, it's just that they're few and far between. It's also that you have to shut your brain off and just simply take it as it is. But then again, I just think that us as the fans of the original film and series as a whole, we definitely deserve better. I think I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. If you don't do the whole social media thing and would like to reach out to me, you can drop me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. If you're enjoying my podcast, why not tell a friend about it? Tell two friends, for that matter. Or if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform 
of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as continue to create new content. But with that being said, be kind and good night.